Hello there in podcast land and welcome back to Spoilers, your bad movie review show on the Rat Pack Podcast Network, where we always have lots of opinions but zero credentials. Each week we watch a movie, usually a bad one, we crack a couple jokes, we give you our insight in the film, play a couple games at the end. I'm your host Adam, I'm joined by Cowboy. Are you threatening me? <laughs> I knew that was coming. I need pee for me bunghole. <laughs> and there's a maestro over there. <laughs> We were talking briefly about Beavis and Butthead before, uh, and that's what that was about. I'm sure one day I'll learn what that's why that's funny. Uh, anyway, <laughs> this week we continue our quarantine block of episodes to help us through these tough times. Uh, as you know, movies are not being released, so the usual method of choosing movies is on quarantine. So we're going through the list of movies that we've chosen as a Rat Pack uh, that we want to watch, that we want to be on spoilers. This week... We are going with Hollywood's choice. This is from 1994. It is the movie Maverick. Wait, wait. We're not doing Trolls 2? Oh, no. This is going to be awkward. Are all, uh, your, yeah. are all your notes are on Trolls? That's, yeah. It's problematic. Uh, <laughs> well, let's see I, if it commingles co- with Maverick. Oh, I swore we're supposed to do Top Gun. That's why he said Maverick. I'm like, okay, Goose, everything. Got it. Oh, boy. That was the when I told Andy we're doing Maverick. He's like, "Is that about airplanes?" Like, no, no, no. It's not. It's, it's, not, it's not airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing. All right. This was directed by Richard Donner. It stars Mel Gibson, Jodie Foster, James Garner, Graham Greene, Alfred Molina, and James Coburn. So the synopsis, and we'll get into our thoughts about the movie. Brett, Brett, Brett Maverick, Brett, Brett, Brett Maverick. Needing money for a poker tournament faces various comic mishaps and challenges, including a charming woman thief. Jodie Foster. Yes. Have you ever seen this movie before, Mishra? Yes, I have. All right. And Cowboy, how about you? Of course. All right. Very good. I have as well. This was – growing up, uh, when I first saw this movie, it was, it was fantastic. I really loved it. And I was not sure why it was put on the list, but I do have a message from Hollywood. He, uh, the same way with, when we did the what was it Big Trouble Little China, he wrote us in to give us some stuff because he chose this movie. Here's a message for, from him: Hello, guys, Hollywood here, reporting from isolation with a teething toddler. Unfortunately, I couldn't join you guys for a movie that I picked. I will provide you with some bullet points about the movie, though they won't be as excessive as Big Trouble in Little China. I honestly don't remember why I picked the movie to add to our list. I like the movie, but it's not one of my favorites. As a pro wrestling fan, I appreciate the multiple face turns and heel turns that took place during the movie. If you don't remember, here's what they are. Oh. All right. Should we get into these or you want to – as we get to it in the movie? As we get to it in the movie. All right. So I'll carry on with uh, Hollywood's message here. But Ooh. So that means that you're going to be you yourself and Hollywood at the same time. Yes. I'm, I'm pulling double duty today. As can, the- you act, can you do his voice? Uh oh! I wouldn't even know how to do an impression of Hollywood. Uh, it's Adam oh, there in Bullcast Land. No, he's. I don't. His, I don't think his voice is impressionable. Like you could do yes. mine, where you guys do the. Well, random action. Well, he's not. <laughs> he doesn't energy. have like that. Uh, like a, a, a type of voice where you can actually like pin it out and try to mimic it. But he has a voice you can try and talk like. Okay. Uh. As a pro wrestling fan, I appreciate the multiple face turns and heel turns that took place in the movie. If you don't remember, here's here's what they are. That doesn't work. I feel like I'm trying to do a Barack Obama or something. (laughs) 
Well, you failed at both of them, whatever you yeah, were trying to whatever, do. Yeah, I can't. If, if, if I listen back to his voice often enough, I, I could probably work one up. But, but I, it's been so long since we've heard of it. It has. This is Hollywood. Very upsetting. Uh, okay, heel turn, by the way, is when a good guy turns into a bad guy, and a face turn is when a bad guy turns into a good guy. That's uh, wrestling lingo, uh, which Hollywood described here. Oh. Actually, you know what? I'm going to finish this message. Seeing this movie, it makes you realize that it's great to cheer for Mel Gibson in a movie. I miss huh. this version of Mel Gibson. <laughs> this version, yes, absolutely. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but this movie is actually a remake of the Maverick TV series from the 50s and 60s, which also starred James Garner as the original Brett Maverick. Having James Garner in the movie is a nod to the original show. That was going to be part of the trivia, where... Uh, the guy that played the the cop person uh, was the Marshall. original. Yeah, the the, the Marshall uh, Coop, I believe his name was Coop. Cooper. Yes, he was the original Maverick in the TV series. That was going to oh. be trivia. Yeah. Uh, oh, as a Magic the Gathering player, I always tried to wish that the next card would be in my deck. It's never happened. <laughs> so Hollywood's having his hand over the deck. Give me a land. Give me a land so I can cast this spell. <laughs> uh, Maverick throwing that ace of spades is one of my favorite fuck you moments in movie history. Maybe that's why this movie is on the list. I love how in movies that deal with poker, the final card always having players with ridiculous impossible hands. How the hell does a dealer deal the Commodore a four of a kind? Alfred Molina a straight flush and Maverick a royal flush in a game of straight five card poker. Casino Royale also has a ridiculous sequence like this. And that's the end of uh, Hollywood's message. Do you guys uh, see Casino Royale? The, that's the James Bond movie with uh, Mads Mikkelsen. I, uh, I, I have, but I don't think I remember it too much. I, I'm honestly. pretty sure that's the first movie that Daniel Craig played 007. Uh, so after, I, th- I think it was Pierce Brosnan was right before him. And... It was it was a fun movie. It was it was poker related. It had Mads Mikkelsen, the bad guy, being a badass, but also needing an inhaler. Uh, I'm pretty sure that was the thing. No, that was um, that was a different movie. That was Kingsman, and that was Samuel Jackson. Oh right. Oh, he had a leaky eyeball. Is that what this one was? Leaky. I think so. Uh, well, that was also Samuel L. Jackson, a, a different movie where his eyeball was leaking blood with a. Oh, that was Nicolas Cage. All right, never mind. Okay, this is weird. Anyway. So you haven't seen the movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen this movie. Uh, I remember Casino Royale, but anyway. So when's the last time you saw this movie, Cowboy? Um, Aside from uh, honestly, today. Honestly, it was probably maybe eight, ten years ago maybe. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going back 15, maybe even 20 years since I've seen this movie. What about you, uh, Mishiro? July of 2014. It was a, around 7 o'clock at night. Oh. It was a rerun on HBO. Jeez. And I remember switching to that channel by accident. Interesting. Sorry, I, it wasn't specific enough. When was the last time you, you said you, you saw the movie? Which chair were you oh. sitting in? Do you remember that? Well, oh, I wasn't. I, w- I wasn't sitting on a chair because in the living room there was no chairs. There was just a couch, and I was not I was walking. I was on the floor, okay. so no. So, who were you sitting on? <laughs> that was not part of the story. Okay. Oh. 
sorry. Just adding things. I know. Is, is there a big difference between the first time you saw it and this time you saw it the, as far as the way you felt about the movie? Uh, no, it- not really. All right. Maestro? That's it. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Until next time, I'm Adam. <laughs> uh, for me, it was more along the lines of just watching for certain parts that I do remember being a little bit nostalgic from seeing when I was younger. Um, but I do remember it being funnier now than it was before, mainly, mainly because when I did watch it the first time, uh, I was a kid, didn't get to half the jokes. But later on, it was a lot easier. Okay. I remember thinking it was hilarious growing up, and then once I saw it on the list and that Hollywood had picked it on the list, I started fearing, oh, no, is this a bad movie? <laughs> that, that I liked it because I was a kid? Oh, no. And then I watched it. I mean, it's a good spoiler movie. It's a good spoilers movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because, I mean, well, I guess the thing that I was thinking of when I was watching the movie is you were, like, talking about how – this could be a movie that got you into liking westerns. Okay, but yep. <laughs> the, even the, even though the movie was taking place in the western days, the way it was made, the comical aspect of it, yep. it it wouldn't have mattered. It could have happened yeah. at any time. The western period. portion didn't matter. Yeah. So you know, to your point, I do have quite a bit of notes uh, that I took over the course of the movie, but when it was over, I was still thinking. This is a fantastic movie. I, it's great. I, I'm glad that I watched it. I do have a lot of notes. And I think most of these notes are more like, <laughs> remember that funny part? Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and not so he much. He, was bullshit. he always liked to be called Walter. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. I still remember that. When that part was coming up in the movie, I was like, that was the probably one of the, that was the first part I laughed at in the movie because I, as a kid, when it came out, I got it. Yep. You know? Absolutely. Uh, the, the part that I was looking forward to the most seeing again is the uh, the bank robbery. With Danny Glover? With Danny Glover, yes. Oh. Where the, 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 Danny Glover is uh, robbing the bank while Mel Gibson's inside of it. And at one point, Mel Gibson pulls down Danny Glover's mask. He's got like a handkerchief over his face. And he pulls it down and they both look at each other like, wait a second. <laughs> Do I know you? I feel like... <laughs> No, that can't I be. I think the greatest, the greatest part of that scene, though, is when Danny Glover walked out. He's like, I'm getting too old for this shit. Yes. <laughs> Which is a callback to Lethal Weapon. It's perfect. The whole, that whole scene was all Lethal Weapon-y. Like, wait, yeah. I know you. We work together. Nah. No. I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> all right. That was a perfect cameo. I wonder, I don't know if it's in your trivial part of the show, but... Was that originally scripted in there, or oh. did that come up later on? Like, oh, that would be great if Danny Glover played the bank robber, and you know, we did this callback yeah, to Lethal Weapon. That, that is not in my trivia. I do have a section in the trivia that is a lot of cameos. There were other people that were that did do cameos, but we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later on in the show. Clint Black. Uh, that's one of them. Yeah. 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 There's a couple other uh, in there that are also country peoples, so oh, yeah. we'll see. All right, so basically, uh, Mel Gibson, uh, Bert or Brett, uh, depending on Brett. which character you are in the movie, uh, he is basically – he's a giant con man. That's his entire thing. He, he, he cons everybody constantly, and he's also a very good poker player. That's basically his character wrapped up in a nutshell. He's trying to get to a poker game, which – 
costs twenty five thousand dollars to buy into, and winner takes all. Uh, and there's going to be a bunch of people. I think it was was it ten people. So that makes it twenty. Twenty people. Five hundred thousand dollars is the so. is the buy is is the takeaway. So he's trying to get there. He is short. I believe three thousand at the beginning of the movie. So he's going around uh, to different people that owe him money to tr- to collect, so that he can go to the poker game and play and find out whether or not he is actually the best player in the world. That's that's the whole premise of it. Uh, at the beginning, we don't know much about him uh, except that he's kind of funny because of his hee haw hee haw, uh, little joke there. He's got he's got some charm, and he he starts charming people right away. And when <laughs> I, I remember saying this out loud when I was watching with Annie, I was like, "Man, he's a really charming guy." And then she corrects me right away. Was he was? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, okay. He went crazy. I, I, I mean, the whole the whole thing uh, with the sugar tits and all the nonsense that he went through. I get it. I understand. Personally, bad guy, actor. Phenomenal. I still I still like him. I'm not going to take away from all the stuff that he's done. I'm not going to dislike Lethal Weapon or Maverick. Uh, Did you see him in Expendables 3? I recall him being in it. I don't remember much of those Oh, scenes. dude. He was evil in that one. Oh, like okay. It. All right. Yeah. Yeah, you got to embrace it. I, I think the first movie he did when he came back uh, was called The Beaver. Or Oh, dude. One of the where first. he had a sock puppet? Yes. That movie was great. I love that movie. And that one also involved Jodie Foster. I think she's the one that wrote and directed it, which I think was actually my trivia. So, spoiler. Damn it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, 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 what, uh, what do you recall as the first con that he pulled against other people? Uh, the first con that he pulled against uh, anybody was when he got in that fight in one of the opening scenes. Yes. Mm-hmm. That was the first con because he paid those guys to fall. Yeah, uh, which is funny. He paid those guys to fall. It was more of a con, uh, not because the guy couldn't fight, because we found out that he really can shoot a gun and can't fight. Yeah, uh, throughout the whole movie, he's conning people, whether he's telling the truth or he's lying about telling. The truth, right. <laughs> which you know, it, it's it, it's it's very awesome. Yeah, the way, the way it was written, the way it was performed, the way it was done, it. And I, I remember when I originally watched it the first time, you could not tell that the marshal, or you did not pick up on the fact that the marshal was his dad. No, that was amazing. No, not at all, yeah. I, I even forgot about that watching it this time. I, I remembered that there was a twist at the end, but I didn't remember what it was. The, the, as far as I remember, the ending was he was sitting in a bathtub, and I think the girl came in, but that was my only memory. So then when he, the, when, when the, uh, the marshal comes in, and like my papi used to always tell me, like, I never said that. I was like, oh yeah, yes, that was amazing. I that's never said that. That's that the first time you find out he's his dad. Yes, it was. Pr- and they played it so well throughout the whole movie. I remember the first time watching it, no clue whatsoever. Yeah, but but then again, because it's been so long since I've seen it, I already forgot that detail. So watching it again this time, I still didn't know. <laughs> and then at the end, I was like, oh, that's right. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. No. I love the, the 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 cons in the movie the uh, the Indian, yeah, tribe. Oh, that was I mean, so good. You had to do you had to do some reading, but it was just yeah. so comical because they don't understand. And he's just talking to put shoot your gun up in the air and point at her and smile. Yeah, <laughs> like, the 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 part where the uh, 
they get taken over by Indians, and the Indians are shouting Indian at the crowd, and Mel Gibson's the only person that speaks Indian, so he has to tell – he's quote-unquote translating. Uh, Don't worry. I'll get you out of this. He speaks to them, telling them, make loud noises. And they do, and the, everyone else is like, oh, no. They're, oh, oh. Point at her and talk angry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. And, that- and the, funny, the, the, the funny part of that is when he takes off with the Indians to do the uh, Indian bravery test. And uh, they go to con that Russian guy. Yeah. <laughs> and Brett go to con the Russian guy. And he tells him it's a thousand dollars. Then he talks him up to two thousand dollars. But then he tells Brett that no, he talks him up to a thousand dollars. Tells Brett it's five hundred. We'll split it yeah. two fifty each. <laughs> and then he talks him up to two thousand dollars. And then he, he ends up giving Brett a thousand dollars. Yeah. So he still made out. So yeah. So they're conning a Russian, and he's conning his friend who he owes a thousand dollars to already. Right. So he he makes his friend think I did good by you while I still came up on this. <laughs> exactly, are, and he did nothing. He yeah. did nothing. <laughs> but those are the friends you make when you, if you're a con like that. Those are your friends. You, you're, if you're a con and you are that close with other people, they're also cons. So everybody's just conning each other, and that's that's your life. Yeah, it, it was very nostalgic when I was watching the movie because every scene that came up started clicking in my head. Oh yeah, this is the scene. Jodie Foster comes in and gives him a kiss and she goes walking away and he grabs her and goes, uh, yeah, it's very hard for me to move along with, uh, without my money. Yes. You know? Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> when we first meet uh, Jodie Foster at the beginning of the, the poker scene, uh, where she's playing cards and she introduces herself as a missus goes up to his room later. There's obviously flirtation happening. He goes to kiss or she kisses him, steals his wallet. He's like, Oh no, no, you're not that good a thief. And then she plays, yeah. plays. She doubles down, like, "Oh, sorry." Uh, there's just a connection, and they kiss more passionately, and then actually, and then it works. <laughs> he takes her wallet, his wallet for real. And as she's trying to for escape, a for a moment, and then as she's trying to escape, <laughs> he, uh, he he catches her. All right, you gotta wash mm-hmm. my shirt. This, this, begin, this begins the back and forth between them, which I, I thought they had a lot of good chemistry. Yeah. I, I, I kind of wish for a moment there was a scene where Jodie uh, Foster drops the accent and then like starts talking in a whole different accent to be like, okay, fine. You got me. Whatever. Fuck you. Uh, but she keeps up the Southern Belle, Alabama accent the entire time, which she got called on. But I think that would have been a funny scene to have. Uh, let's see. Gunfighter. Oh, the gunfighting scene at the beginning uh, when he's – when they're playing poker and – I think this part's in my trivia as well. It's basically like a Billy the Kid kind of guy sitting at the poker table. He's supposed to be a very – Johnny Hodden? Yeah. He's supposed to be a fast drawer. Do you know that name? Is that a a thing? Johnny Hodden? No. No? Okay. I think it might be a real thing, but I'll remember when I get to the trivia. It was Johnny Ringo that was a a real thing. Okay. But, yeah, he's – we find out right away also. uh, And I think this is good for character development. They they set up very early Mel Gibson's kind of – character and what his abilities are and i especially love the scene where he's i guarantee you i'm gonna lose for the first hour I'm like, okay. and then he does but that whole time losing he spent studying and you see him studying everybody like all right that's his tail that's his tail so that he can come back and then beat them at poker because that, that that is i think maybe 75 percent of the game of poker is, is reading the other people to find out whether or not they're bluffing or not the cards you have 
can almost mean nothing if you're good at reading other people. Oh, I miss poker, guys. We got to have poker. <laughs> I th- yeah. Didn't we start playing poker because of this film? Or was it because of Ocean's Eleven? Uh, no, we started Probably because of Rounders. Oh, Rounders. Oh, Rounders. Another great one. Ah, uh, Matt Damon. And <laughs> oh, my God. I forget why we started playing poker. I think it was just to hang out. It was an excuse to hang out. We used to do it, I think it was every Monday or every Tuesday night we had a poker night. The uh, first time I ever played poker with you guys was the night that you guys were going to play poker after podcasting. Mm-hmm. And I came early and I'm watching you guys podcast. And that's when I'm sitting in the background going, ooh, I, I want to talk. You were just doing random acts of tangent back then, you know? Yeah. And I was like, ooh, this conversation, this topic, I, I, I know a lot about it. Man, I wish I was over there talking. I wish I had a microphone, you know? Well, lo and behold. And Cowboy was born. Yes, Cowboy was born. <laughs> or Cowboy was reborn under the podcast. Cowboy had already existed uh, several years before us. Which you can hear about if you listen to the Cowboy podcast we did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Silver bullet, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see, bank robber getting too old for their shit. We got that part. All right, the uh, the coach driver uh, when they're when they're they they take a coach. This is where we, where we first meet the uh, the original Maverick, the uh, Cooper. They're taking a carriage ride across, and there's an old man. They try to help onto the carriage. He's like, no, what are you doing? I'm the driver. <laughs> he's, he's already half dying, just getting onto the damn carriage, and then he dies. <laughs> he, he actually dies in the middle of the whole thing. And then Mel Gibson has to do a whole – this to me was a little sticky. This was a little like, all right, I know this is a comedy, but this is a little too far. Where he's – he now has to get from the carriage to the uh, – whatever you call the top of the driver's seat thing on the carriage. And he climbs out. He falls. And instead of helping them up, they're like, no, no, no you got this. You got this. It's, uh, by the way, just a, it's a stagecoach. Stagecoach. Not a carriage. Okay. Very good. Carriages are open. They're just seasons open. There's no cover. Very good. <laughs> so he has to get from the inside of the stagecoach to the top of the stagecoach. And as he climbs out, he basically starts falling. And instead of helping them up, uh, they get a little, he gets a little bit of sass. Like, go on. What are you waiting? What are you lounging around for? Stop, stop dilly-daddling and get up there. <coughs> that to me, I think, was the only part of the movie where I was like, okay, that's – I get that's supposed to be funny, but that's a different level of humor than what this movie has already shown me. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I was particularly in that uh, scene was thinking you were going to start picking apart that scene where like, why didn't he just grab the reins and stop the horses? That I, uh, I had that thought as well. <laughs> and I was going to answer that for you because the reins weren't up there because the old guy let go of the reins. They were dragging on the floor. That's why he had to jump. Ah. But are the reins directly connected to the front horse only? It's not like a full on. No, there's, there's, uh, I believe there's reins on, on each horse. Right. Um, because if you look at the end, when he's driving the, uh, or at the end of that scene when he's driving the stagecoach, he's got like six reins in his hands, three in one hand, three in the other. Okay. So at one point he does jump down from the stagecoach when he realizes that the reins aren't there. He jumps onto the first set of horses, uh, and there's six horses uh, in tandem. So he jumps onto the first set of horses. From there, could he not have pulled back on the reins? Uh, you got to get the lead horses. 
Okay. Because the lead horses, all the other horses behind the lead horses are following. So then you don't you don't need six reins. You just need the the two in the front. Uh, I guess theoretically, yeah. Okay. Oh, it, it, it seemed a little odd. Uh, I, f- I feel like he could have stopped them earlier, but then again, I'm I'm not a botanist, so I don't know how horses work. I'm 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 not a stagecoach driver. Okay. So. Uh, I am. Uh, I have zero credentials, but lots of opinions with this. Perfect. You're, <laughs> you're great for the show. Uh, so to, to keep going with this scene, and this is the only scene of the movie I think I did not like. Uh, so it started off with the whole uh, hacky, like, "Hey, you need help, but I'm not going to help you. Why don't you help yourself, son?" And then eventually, when he gets to the cliff and he's about to fall off the cliff, and he's like, "Don't you ever try to help me again, or I will kill you." And then he starts slipping. Okay, I need help. <laughs> I was like, all right, that 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 was that was telegraphed. In, as soon as he said, "Never try to help me, or I will kill you," I knew the next scene was going to be, "I need help." So it was, it was the only part that whole carriage ride. I'm sorry, stagecoach scene is <laughs> 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 the only part of the movie. I was like, all right, this is this is not as good as the rest of the movie. This is the this, yeah. is, this is the low. I would have to say that was probably the same for me, but also I think that um, it played a lot into the movie as far as, you know, I, I would consider that a good space filler. Okay. Because there was some, there was some uh, parts in that scene uh, that were funny, you know, yeah. uh, you, you were saying you, you, you already knew he was going to say, help me in the next scene or whatever, you know? Yeah. But then as soon as he got up, he's like, get away from me. Don't help me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That, was, that was, was pretty funny. Yeah. But if you think about it, the way that, that scene went, knowing now, which you didn't know the first time you watched it, <laughs> you can see his dad being a dick to his son going, Oh, Oh, I'm sorry. What, what, what did, what did you say? What, what did you say? But you would only get that if you've seen the movie before. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. You know what? Th- looking back on that, that would be a good father son kind of a little uh, riff on each other. So it's definitely a second viewing uh, comedy. Uh, that part. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, well, not only that, but when his dad was like, uh, or I'm sorry, Marshall Cooper was like, uh, y- you go, I'm going to keep an eye on this wheel. There's something wrong with this wheel. <laughs> See, but Knowing then the- <laughs> now that that's his dad, his dad was just really like, no, I'm too fucking old for that shit. You go, <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> right. Plus, I'm going to stay inside with this pretty lady. Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> why don't you go take all the risks? <laughs> <laughs> now that scene makes a lot more sense. That is, okay. And the slapstick and the, the one-liners and the back and forth and the dad going, what are you doing here? Messing around. Get your butt up there. Start. That does make it funnier now that you mention it. Okay. Very good. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Uh, let's see. What else? Okay. So uh, moving on then, they're trying to track down. Uh, they, they come across these people in the wilderness that have been robbed by quote unquote Indians and they are about to press on until he finds out there's a, a lot of money in it for him. So now they're going to go try to find this money for these people so he can take 10% to get his, his buy-in. And as he's trying to track the Indians, I, I like this where he lays down on the floor. He's like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And then Jordy Foster lays down. What do you hear? Can you hear something? No, I'm just, I'm just taking a nap. 
he's, 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 he's pretending to hear the vibrations of the the world around him uh, that we that we know or have been taught by movies that Indians can do. You put your head down, you hear, oh, they're in that direction or whatever. Uh, that was that was a nice little play. You see, you see. What do you know about tracking? <laughs> well, I know a lot. Do you, you see that hawk right there? You know what it tells you? No. Tells you nothing. See, you had no idea. And then nothing. <laughs> you know nothing about tracking. <laughs> I, I also like the uh, the the little. There's a, there's a line that Mel Gibson said that I wrote down because it was hilarious to me. Where there was a lot of um, there, were, there was a lot of negative talk about the Indians, and Mel Gibson says, "Yeah, how dare they be in our land before we got here?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I'm making a point to kill at least one Indian by, by the afternoon every day. <laughs> So, so great, so sarcastic, but like, oh, fantastic! How dare they take our land before we got here? <laughs> how, how dare they be in our land before we got, or something, something like that? Whatever the, yeah, whatever the point is, it acknowledges that we basically stole the land from them, <laughs> while also making them feel bad for it somehow. I like the uh, the banter back and forth with him and his Indian buddy. Yeah, he, he gets he gets to their camp and he looks around. And he's like, "Man, this is nice." And as anybody goes, "Yeah, you guys keep running us off our land." Next time, I'm just going to find some horrible swamp land that you guys don't even want. <laughs> yeah, remember that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I like how the, the the chief Indian guy. He's so he hates that he has to play into this whole Indian thing. <laughs> he goes over to put this war paint on and go whooping around, and I got to say, "How white man?" <laughs> yeah. He goes up to the Russian. Hey, I got a new thing for you. What? Oh, sorry. How? <laughs> oh, it was fantastic. Yeah. All right. What else? Uh, okay, let's uh, move on to the main game now. They get. They get. They eventually. Oh, first of all, Mel Gibson just. Uh, he has to make up a ruse of how he got away from the Indians. So when he, whenever he meets up with Cooper and and Jordy Foster. How did you escape from the Indians? And even the Indian chief's like, tell them the truth. You got us all drunk and we all <laughs> – and you escaped in the middle of the night. It's another little stereotype there uh, coming in with the, yeah, no, we all enjoyed the booze and you're charming. That's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> then when he meets up with Jody Foster, she's like, however did you survive? He's like, well, not all of me. And then he puts one hand up. Yeah. The other one's in his sleeve. She's like, oh. he goes, oh, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Slap. <laughs> yeah, they had. Oh, I love the dynamic between those two. It was, oh, yeah. it was, it was very good. Uh, so they get to the, uh, they get to the boat, the uh, the ferry, which now has a poker game, which is everybody buys in. Uh, this part bothered yeah, me. Yeah, you got it right. By the way, it's a river boat. It's a river boat. Oh, okay. It's not. A, it's, it's not a river coach. Not a ferry. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, ferry coach. Uh, so they get on the ferry coach, and uh, they have to put their money in. There's there's a whole twenty five thousand dollars is what everybody is putting in to this bag. And there's a joke made. Hey, make sure you count that guy's money. Where, where Cooper says to Mel Gibson's character about Mel Gibson's character, make sure you count that stack of money. They're not counting any of this. <laughs> So, no. so nobody $25,000 is on the line and they're just I, I, a think, stack. I think back in those days if you were to do something like that you, you have to be a man of your word you know <clears throat> okay and if you notice that everybody that was entering this tournament was known people knew these people everybody knew Maverick everybody knew knew uh, the Abilene girl everybody knew who uh, 
Cooper was, the the everybody knew everybody that yeah. was playing in the game. Yeah, it's it just it seems it seems odd for so, <laughs> for that big of a buy-in. Which, by the way, in uh, in my trivia, I was I'll just say it now twenty five thousand dollars in that time. At the time this movie came out, that is six hundred thousand dollars. That's what they're buying. At the time is. this movie came out in two thousand four, yes. But think about how much that money was back in the days when that took place. Yeah, no, I'm talking about inflation. So in the 19th century, $25,000, or back when this movie was made, in current day, it's equivalent to a $600,000 buy-in. That's how much it? Yeah. That's how much to pay. Oh, oh, no big deal. I'll just search my couch cushions. Yeah, I'll buy in. Why not? (laughs) That's a... Absurd amount of money to not be counted. I get, yeah, I get caught up on weird things. Uh, yeah, so, a little bit. Uh, they have. I mean, re- I, I didn't expect them to have an accountant there sitting there or a money counter. You know, there's no electronics. You know, somebody going. Okay, that's good. Yeah, but at least have a staff of people counting. But then you can't trust them either. They got to be naked where they count money. Uh, it becomes like a yeah, that's a different movie, man. Oh, that's, 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 that's from the movie Keanu. Remember? Yeah, yeah. All movies with drugs. So they're on the boat. Everybody's hanging out. Actually, before before they could pay the money, the buy-in. <laughs> this, this is this is also perfect. Uh, Annabelle is short four thousand. Maverick is short two thousand, but they're still trying to get in the boat. Did did they expect that money to just appear out of nowhere, or why would they get on the boat if they knew they were short? Any means necessary, man. You never know. Here's the thing: whether you're short or you have the money, if you're not on the boat, you're not going to be able to make it. But then so this, this goes to my point: boat, Go one's a thief, one's a con person. Yeah. So. I need to get to that boat. I need to make the boat. Because if I don't make the boat, I have no chance of getting into this game. But I'm a con person and I'm a thief, you know? It's like, so I'll figure something out when I get there. And if not, then I I don't get to go in the game. But this goes back to my point about they were not counting the money. Couldn't they just say, here's the whole fee, drop it in the bucket. I'm a thief. I'm a con artist. I don't have morals. I don't give a fuck. Here. Trust me, it's all there. That could have worked. I, I get you, but if you're short $4,000 in that stack, I'm sure somebody would feel the difference. It wasn't that thick of a stack. I thought it was, was going to be much thicker. So if, 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 if a stack this thick, maybe two, three inches thick, if it's short 1000 out of 25000 you're going to tell uh, an eighth of an inch? If they're $100 bills, that's only 10, 15 bills. If you're 3000 short, that's 15 bills. You can tell the difference in 15 bills. It's like an eighth of an inch. Eh. All right. Either way. Uh, they, <laughs> they, they, end up, they end up conning the Russian guy because Mel Gibson oh, or Maverick. I'll show you the difference between an eighth of an inch. Hold on. I'll put your oh, pants back no. on. God dang it. <laughs> I know that video conferencing was a bad idea with you guys. Uh, <laughs> so they get on the, the boat and they're short money. They see the Russian guy, the same Russian guy that made the Indian say how. Uh, now Mel Gibson goes and pretends to be an uh, Indian affairs. Indian Wharton. Indian Wharton, that's what it was. <laughs> I know what you did. Joseph talked, which uh, was, I guess, Joe. Um, 
I need uh, 10 years in prison and $6,000. Oh, here's the money. I'm leaving anyway. <laughs> he takes a ferry off of the boat, <laughs> leaves, and then now they have their money and every, and now the game continues with the full $25,000, which again was not being counted, so I'm not sure why it was that big a deal. Uh, also, because they're on the riverboat, the big thing is if you're a cheater, if you have a gun, if you do anything wrong, I hope you know how to swim because they throw you overboard. Which is a weird law. I, I, now I'm assuming they weren't. They were on the boat doing this because international waters laws don't exist the same way. So maybe we could handle business. Well, that wasn't way. international waters. They were on a river. Okay. Oh, like okay. the Mississippi River. Oh, but was, they were on a boat. But those boat. those uh, back in those days, the gambling was in like little saloons. Yep. The gambling was in little saloons or on riverboats like that. And I think the reason why they did it on a riverboat like that is because you can't really run away. Harder to rob, I, I would assume. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Fair, fair, fair. Let's see. Uh, oh, okay. So now <laughs> this is where Jordy, uh, Jordy Whitaker uh, loses to Maverick. Or not to Maverick. She loses. They're, they're all at separate tables because that's how it's supposed to go. Oh, by the way, Alfred Molina uh, or Doc Ock, as I know from Spider Man, uh, he he was the he's the main bad guy. He's like he's like I think his name was Pedro or something. What was his name? Angel. 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 Okay, equally Hispanic. Uh, he's he's, <laughs> he's told his name was <laughs> Angel. Never mind. Angel. It was his name. Yeah, was- <laughs> <laughs> he's he's not at all Hispanic, by the way, but. For the purpose of this movie, fine. Uh, the same way the guy that threw out the trash and was crying was not a real Indian back in the day about littering. Anyway, what was the point that I was trying to make? <laughs> oh, he was supposed to, his whole his whole intention was to keep Maverick off of the ship because he's had running with Maverick over the time. At the beginning, we saw the fake fight to make him think he was a tough guy, scared him. He found out he was a fake. He actually tried to kill Maverick in the in, in the desert with a horse and some snakes, which didn't work out. Which was also a pretty funny scene. Uh, but that's that's fine. We'll move on. So they're all at separate tables. These, these are the main poker players. We have we have Angel. We have uh, Annabelle. We have the Commodore, which was James Coburn, which was also in uh, Hudson Hawk. He was the leader of the. Was it MTVIA? I think is what they call themselves. Funny, weird, very weird, awkward Bruce Willis movie, uh, but fun anyway. They sing, they sing Rat Pack songs, so I'm I'm down. They're all at separate tables. They all win their tables, except for Annabelle. She loses. No. No. She wins. She's at the main table with the Commodore. It's it's Angel. The Commodore, Annabelle, and that's, Maverick. That's at the right. Main table. You're right. You're right. Okay. Maverick does take her out. Yes. Okay. That's right. I forgot about that. You're right. Order operations was incorrect. Uh, so they all go to the main <laughs> table, and now there's a uh, time for Annabelle and Brett to have some intimate time. They go back to the room. Uh, they start messing around, and this was this to me was hilarious. In the middle of them starting the uh, basically the foreplay. He takes out his wallet, puts it in a drawer, <laughs> takes off his chain, puts it in a drawer. <laughs> because as much as 
I'm enjoying this physical interaction I'm having with this beautiful woman that I've been pining over, basically. She's a thief, and I don't trust her. <laughs> <laughs> I, that was- I like the, uh, the, the uh, phrase he did when they're coming around, and he's like, they're like, half hour, half hour till game starts, and he looks at <laughs> watch, and he's like, man, they're four minutes off. We got time. Yeah. <laughs> it's a classic scene you see the bed and they're on the floor for some reason instead of on the bed and the head pops up ah what time we got five minutes all right head goes back down again (laughs) keep messing around (laughs) so in that scene after they're done annabelle leaves and goes back to her room to get ready and she takes off and to go to the game, and there's like five minutes left, something like that, four yep. minutes left. Right. And Maverick goes to leave, and his door is chained shut from the outside. So he's got to be MacGyver and find a way to get out of there. Yeah. Yeah, so he swings around the outside the same way the, <laughs> he swung around the um, stagecoach. Uh, MacGyver's way up through the everything. Not a stagecoach, dude. No, the same way That's he... The same way he maneuvered on the stagecoach. No, no, he didn't fall off the back of the riverboat. <laughs> All right, we know he can do these things because of the stagecoach. He got now, it. He now, okay, he now he you make sense. Okay. <laughs> he now recreates the same kind of moves on the riverboat. Shows up. All right, let's play the game. He ends up taking out Annabelle because. The, the whole time we know, he's, he's, he's learning the, the tells, the bluffs. Annabelle gets taken out, and she's upset. I didn't do any of the tells you said I had. I didn't tap my teeth. I didn't uh, wiggle my ear, blah, blah, blah. Well, you hold your breath, and you're excited. How could you possibly know? Oops. Oh. <laughs> because of sex. Uh, so that's why now she's out. Now we're down to these last three people. And now, the first time I saw this movie... This last scene with the deck, I caught it and I was pissed off that I that I caught it and it was so obvious to me. When I was watching with Annie, I paused it afterwards. Did you see that? See what? Rewind it again. Did you see that? No. What? He shuffled the decks and then he he, he knocked on it. He didn't cut it. That's not okay. It was the switching of the decks was super obvious to me. I'm going to pull my right hand in. My left hand comes out with a fresh deck of cards. It was painfully obvious that the dealer is a cheat. Was it obvious to you guys? Did you see that? Am I I being crazy here? It was obvious. Even I'm sorry. Go ahead, Maestro. No, you're you're probably much probably going to say the same thing I want to say. So go ahead. I was going to say, it was obvious just as much as it was obvious that he was dealing from the bottom of the deck. But <clears throat> what we find out later is Angel was supposed to be in on it. And I believe the underlying premise that we're supposed to believe was that deck was supposed to be switched to give the Commodore the best hand. That's what's confusing to me. If, if that is how it was supposed to be rigged, how did it end up the other favor? Were they sitting- because I think Angel was trying to underhand the Commodore. But if, if they were sitting in the right seats, 
and the dealing was happening the way it was supposed to be dealt, you just, okay, if I deal from the bottom of the deck, then you win, or you win, but at the top of the deck, somebody else wins? It, it seems it yeah. seems it seems sloppy. Well, it makes sense. I mean, like you think about it this way: the whole idea behind it is you deal from the bottom of the deck. You give the person you want the cards hand you can give them, right? So let's say you want four of a kind. Okay, great. Those four are on the very bottom. Okay, cool. Pass, pass underneath for you. Pass, pass underneath for you. That thing and so on and so forth. Um, the problem is the guy wasn't good enough at it. That's all. He's got caught. But it seems like the deck was rigged perfectly to give everybody almost the best hand. So everybody thinks they have the best hand. But the best hand wins to Mel Gibson or Maverick. That's a huge, huge oversight if you're stacking the deck. So are they, were they sitting in the wrong chairs? And if so, why did they still use that deck? It, it, it's weird. Uh, if, 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 well, you're, if you're rigging the deck in a certain way, yeah, you're going to make sure all the cards go the right way. I'm not yeah. going to say all the best cards on the bottom and whatever happens on the top doesn't matter. Who cares? Coincidentally, the top of the deck made Maverick win. Do you think maybe the reason why they had it that way because all the cards that were that he was shuffling that came from the bottom of the deck this is how they got their cards right? And then the top card being that it's like the furthest away from the bottom of the deck, wouldn't that be make sense why he would get the worst card if he kept on shuffling from the bottom of the deck? Well, that's I the thing. think. Go, go ahead. Honestly, thinking about it now, that scene, the Commodore was dealt from the top of the deck. Maverick was dealt from the top of the deck. The Commodore didn't know the dealer was dealing from the bottom of the deck to Angel. So I'm thinking Angel had something with the dealer to give him cards on the bottom of the deck. Okay. And the Commodore, his idea was Maverick wasn't going to get the money anyway. Because uh, Cooper was going to take off with the money. Unless True. the plan was the entire time to have Maverick win. And then and be the fall guy? have Cooper take the money. Well, no, no. This Cooper sloppy. was supposed to take the money as a last resort, though. <laughs> yes. Right. So then the dealer had multiple deals with the Commodore and with no. Angel? No, the, no, the dealer didn't have a deal with the Commodore. But then you have to also remember that they they will they won't. This wasn't the last hand if they didn't go all in. The whole idea about this this card deck being the way it was was to make everyone else think they had the best hand. Because what, so what you got to think, what you think about Adam is uh, Angel was in on it, the Commodore was in on it, and Marshall Cooper was in on it. Okay, but. Marshall Cooper was like a double agent because he was in on it with his son. Right. So it's almost like <laughs> the, 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 the Commodore had a fail safe. If Maverick ended up winning, the last resort was Cooper was going to steal the money. Right. Okay. But Which ended up happening because Maverick won. Okay. If Angel won, okay, great. We're splitting it three ways. Yeah. If the Commodore won, okay, great. We're splitting it three ways because we rigged this shit, you know? But the thing is, is the Commodore, we come to find out, never intended on Angel or Cooper 
getting any of that money. Yep. Right. He was going to end up taking it all for himself. But by the same token, if the Commodore pl- plotted this whole thing out with Cooper, which is Maverick's dad, would Maverick not also be in on it knowing the information that he knew? So who was plotting all of this? You would have to you would have to assume either A, he didn't know anything, or somewhere along the lines, his dad told him what was going on. Which means who's the one that then then what you're trying to say is <laughs> the person that rigged the card deck was Maverick. That's what I'm saying. No, person, who rigged the what? Who rigged, the person who rigged the card deck was the dealer to help Angel win. Because the dealer didn't know that Angel, the Commodore, and you know, Cooper were in on it. So maybe we were supposed to assume that Angel <laughs> was helping himself rig the card deck so he wins. He walks away with the $500,000, and maybe he's trying to take off with it on his own and not let the Commodore and Cooper in on it. So who was the mastermind behind the deck is the main question. Who? Jody made- Foster. What? Jody Foster. <laughs> that's that's the conundrum with the whole end of this and you know what i actually kind of enjoy it because it, it doesn't tell you exactly but you the main part is you do find out that cooper and maverick are son and dad you know right and either way they were going to find a way to get the money yeah for themselves so regardless of how confusing the whole – because the, the card scene, when I first watched it, bugged the, the hell out of me. Watching it now still bugs the hell out of me. But the way it resolves itself, I'm like, okay, I'll, I, I'll look past that because it was such a, it was such a good ending. Yeah. So, so, so uh, Mel Gibson wins. Uh, Coop, which we now know is his dad, steals the money, runs away, meets up then with the Commodore – which tries to double cross him, but can't because the gun is empty. And Mel Gibson comes in, does the whole thing, and then cut to later on. We find Mel Gibson in a tub, and then Cooper walks in. We think to get vengeance. Turns out it's no oh, successful mission, son. We we got it. We got the money. And then here comes Annabelle, Jodie Foster, steals the money from them. Only half the money, which I think sets up a pretty good sequel here. Where now father and son have to go chase after Jody Foster. But it's well, also- I like the line I like the line that Maverick had in there and he's like, Yeah, you know, I left half the money in the satchel. Yeah, why'd you do that? It's gonna be a hell of a lot of fun trying to get it back from her. Yeah. So it's it's good because it leaves it open, which could be a sequel. I'm glad that it wasn't because now our imaginations can kind of fill in what's gonna happen, what could happen. Instead of them- Same thing with the uh, card scene. Well, no, that's I'm driving myself crazy about it. Uh, that's not a that's a bad imagination thing for me because I'm trying to what? Wait, who did? Why? Where? It's like time travel, <laughs> right? It's hard, it's hard to do. Speaking of time travel, oh no! <laughs> uh, in case anyone doesn't know, Adam hates time travel. I love time travel. Lies. I I love the idea of time travel. I hate how movies try to pull it off. The last movie we did, I did not like that time machine. Time machine. What did we do? What was the last one? Idiocracy. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid ride. (laughs) 
<laughs> wasn't even spelled right. <laughs> it's like one of those one of those clever memes you see, and you're reading the meme, and you're like, "Oh, this is cut. Oh, oh, I can't read this meme. It's grammatically incorrect. Everywhere is spelled wrong. It's spelled anywhere. That's so upsetting. <laughs> I hate when you see this really clever meme, and somebody doesn't have the wherewithal to, hey. This would make more sense if a fucking comma was there. <laughs> this this right. would make more sense if you added duh or if or and right there because uh, otherwise, yep. you know. It's very upsetting. No, you're right. Yeah. Seeing memes that are misspelled that are getting spread is upsetting for a couple of reasons. First, uh, you misspelled it, but also it's gone viral and people are still spreading it. Nobody took the time to correct it and then spread That's it. That's how we get to the movie Idiocracy. <laughs> You're right. You're right. All right. Yeah. So that's basically the end of the movie. Uh, curtains roll or curtains yeah. roll, fall, whatever. And that's the end. Any other thing? Any other thing? Any other of the things that you want to uh, dung bring up about of the uh, theatrically released uh, movie we were done watchifying? Watch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd say that. Yeah, I got nothing. No. Okay. No, I think we covered the movie from beginning to end. Yeah. yeah. All right. The, <laughs> the only thing I, I want to add is that I watched this with Courtney. And Annie was dubious about the movie. And as we were watching it, I was laughing out loud at several scenes. And I kept looking over at her to see if she was laughing. And for, I think, the first maybe 30 minutes, I, th- I feel like she was holding back laughter. Because maybe there's a whole Mel Gibson thing of like, that guy's a douche. By the end of it, she was like, this is the greatest. <laughs> like, yes. Eventually won you over. Even though you may hate Mel Gibson. You may he Whatever you think about Mel Gibson as a person, who cares? As an actor in this movie, fantastic. As an actor in this movie, fantastic. I think this movie was done very well. Um, I, 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 I look at it as like, I do not like Nicolas Cage. Right. You know what I feel <laughs> about Nicolas Cage. But I do like the National Treasure movies because they're adventurous and I like the movie and I like the plot and I like, you know. Right. You could you can probably replace Nicolas Cage with uh, either Paul Giamatti or, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Anybody. Macaulay Culkin can probably do better. <laughs> Ooh, he, he's pretty good now. Did you see him recently? I, I don't know, but you remember that? Have you ever seen that movie Monster? I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. Mm, no, I never saw Monster. I saw Saved, where he was, uh, I think, a religious kid in a wheelchair or an atheist uh, in a wheelchair. Yes, he was. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, he's good. All right. So let's move on. So that was our opinion of the movie. But like I said, at the top of the show, we have lots of opinions but zero credentials. Now let's hear from people who actually have credentials. Now let's hear from people who actually have credentials. Ooh. How many people? All of the people. We're going to do good Which reviews people? and bad reviews. I'm going to give you two reviews from the top critics and two reviews from the audience to help you guess the Rotten Tomato score of the critics and the audience. Because two reviews or two good reviews, two bad reviews from the audience and two good reviews and two bad reviews from the critics. Uh, two of each. We're gonna so do, we're talking about two or six or four reviews? We're going to do eight altogether. Eight, 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 e
There's three and a half. Got it. Three. Three. Yes. All right. Let's start with the good reviews. These are oh, these are the critics' good reviews. Richard Schickel from Time Magazine, Gibson and Garner, those are the uh, father-son duo, can make you smile contentedly even when the script is wandering and they're just sort of standing around waiting for its next good part to develop. That's a weird good review. Carrie right. uh, Ricky from Philadelphia Inquirer, Maverick never takes itself seriously, which establishes the tone for serious fun. Goldman's screenplay is a model of ingenuity, setting increasingly complicated traps for the three leads, and rather amazed that they <laughs> wriggle free. Those are good reviews from the top critics. Now bad reviews from the top critics. Adam Mars Jones. Adam Mars Dash Jones. Mars. Uh, he married a Jones. Uh, from Independent. This is from the UK. The script is notably based on the old television series of the same name. But the screenwriter, William Goldman, has produced something depressingly up-to-date in its incoherence. Its crisis of confidence served up with a sickly grin. I never watched the original series, so I don't know how it holds up, unfortunately. All right. Jeff Shannon, Seattle Times. By the time Donner crowds the climactic poker game with a bevy of veteran Western character actors, decades of movie tradition have been reduced to window dressing, and Maverick leaves you hungry for the real thing. Oh, so fake Western is what she, uh, Jeff is saying. All right, those are the reviews for the top that's, critics. That's, going into this movie thinking it's going to be a Western is like going into watching The Wild Wild West with uh, – Will Smith thinking it's going to be a Western type movie. Yeah, it's pretty. I think that's uh, yeah, it's pretty accurate. All right, so Rotten Tomatoes game this is a part of the show where I give you guys a chance to guess the Rotten Tomatoes score. If unfamiliar with the scoring system, it's an average score from zero to one hundred amongst critics and the audience. Zero to fifty nine is rotten. Sixty eighty four is fresh. Eighty five and up is certified fresh. You guys heard the top critics first, so. As far as the tomato meter, what do you think the score is? Hmm. I'm going to go with my gut and my feelings, and I'm going to say 72. Ooh, that's a good call. Mm. It was a good movie, but it was in the 90s when it came out. True. Hmm. The, it, you know what? I was going to go... It is a comedy, and I don't know that comedies usually do well, do they? I, from what I remember, they don't... Comedy is very subjective. Really tri- huh? What? Comedy is very subjective, so it's it's hard to rate comedy yeah. usually. I will go lower to an even 60. All right. And once again, Cowboys, yours is what? 72. 72. Holy shit. The tomato meter is 66. Right in the middle. We that is exactly hey. <laughs> in the middle. You split the difference. This is fresh. On the tomato meter. Wow, look at you guys. All right, now we're going to do the nice. audience. Averages. Yes. <laughs> All right, audience. Let's start with the bad reviews first from the audience. Paul D. That's his name. It could have been great. Three wonderful stars, a clever premise, a beautiful scenery. 
But the humor is too broad. There's too much caricature, and the movie is too long. Cute. Light summer fair, but a real disappointment for what might have been. Mm. Mm. Bad review. All right, here's another one. Brody M. This is a super reviewer, whatever that means on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Probably reviews a lot of things. When Maverick first came out, I absolutely loved it and thought the movie was hilarious. I just watched it yesterday and realized I don't like it as much as I used to. It still has a couple funny moments, but nothing that really stands out. The best thing about Maverick were the couple twists towards the end and the final twist that I should have seen coming a mile away, but didn't. It's an okay movie, but it's not as good as I remember and hoped it would still be. That's just saying, like, I love the twist. It was enjoyable. But now that I've watched it and already know the answers, it doesn't feel like it's the best movie ever. It doesn't make sense. It's yeah, like, no, that's, that's a stupid review because that's, <laughs> that's saying exactly what I said during this podcast. That if you were to watch it a second time, the scenes that you didn't think made sense make sense now because you know that Marshall Cooper's his dad and the, the action between the two makes plenty of sense now. But just like I said, the first time I watched it, you had no idea. Yeah. And the second time I watched it, I still had no idea because I had forgotten. But, well, and, but, <laughs> but I mean, the thing is, though, is you, you, you think about it. If you watch a movie a second time, you already know what's going on. Yeah. So does he feel the same way about every movie he watches a second time? I hope he never watches Fight Club more than once. <laughs> that guy sucks. All right. Super revere my ass. All right. Um, now the good reviews. Super- Dumbass. <laughs> All right, this is from Buncha B. It's disappointing that. Wait, hold on. Is it a good review? Okay. It's disappointing that such one dimensional critics. Oh, here we go. I get it. I should read these first before I uh, read them. It's disappointing that such one dimensional critics can have popular enough opinions to have a job. This is one of the best films ever. Aside from the wit and charm, it has enduring themes. Of what real hero movies today ought to be about. Kindness, patience, and seeing the best in others. Sacrifice, putting these values ahead of money. I feel like money was... That was sarcasm, right? I don't know. It sounded good, but this whole last sentence about putting values ahead of money. I think think you pulled a review from a different movie. Mm. Because that that (laughs) review made no sense based on this movie. Yeah, it's... uh, Okay. It was all conniving and, you know, the whole movie. And, and, <laughs> and all, it was all about taking the money. The only value was the money in this movie. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. I think you're... This is weird. That's a review for a different movie. Okay. All right. Here we go from uh, Stan D. The movie continues the, the tradition of the 1950s and 60s TV show about a poker player, which had an unusual but witty and brilliant scripts. Huh? Mel Gibson plays the lead with Jodie Foster. Yeah, we know that. In a usually good performance as his love interest. Oh, this guy doesn't like Jodie Foster. Uh, and James Gardner is a significant role. It's all about the big poker tournament and the various con artists and scams along the way and afterwards. But with James Corburn and a cameo by Danny Glover. Oh, my God. These reviews are awful. i got to vet these better next time. <laughs> anyway, those are the good reviews and bad reviews from the audience. Apologies for the ones that I picked. Uh, what do you think the audience score is based on my horrible choice of reviews from the audience? Oh, boy. 
You want to go first, Cowboy? I'll go first. I, you, I went first last time. Go first. As an excuse right, for cool. myself, people generally suck, and people writing reviews, uh, in this case, are no different. Go ahead. 55. 55? Yeah. I'm going to go 60. Ooh, higher. Okay. All right. The audience, uh, unlike the reviews that I chose, rates this at 71%. What? Higher than the critics. This oh. is fresh. Yay. Cowboy Yay. wins, breaks the tie, <laughs> and goes ahead. All right. One more left. This One more gonna, left. This is going to be interesting. Paul Giamatti and Gary Oldman were not in this film. We love those guys so much. We like to put them in films to make them better. I think this film was already great. But if you had to take a character out and replace them with Paul Giamatti or Gary Oldman, who would you choose? Hmm. Good question. Oh, 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 oh. I'd take out the, the Commodore and put uh, Giamatti in it. Paul Giamatti. That's what I was thinking. Okay, that's a good choice. And then let's see. For... Hmm. Gary Oldman. I mean, yeah, that's that's tough because he could play a lot of lot of different people. Yeah. In, this, in this movie, I mean, I liked the actor that played Angel, but you could put Paul Giamatti in there, and he would do a great job. Yeah. See, I was thinking Gary Oldman for the uh, for the Angel. Oh, no, Gary Oldman. In, yeah, yeah. In Angel. Yeah. Sorry, I said the wrong name, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I think Oldman would be great as an Angel. They might yeah. have to change his name uh, to something else. You'd have to change the name. His name wouldn't be Angel, but you know, be um, Albert. <laughs> no. that's, that's Hank. 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 Selling propane. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. I, I, I really did a really good job in this role, but I, uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Oldman would do better, I think. All right, now it's time for trivia. I have a lot of trivia. Some of these are a little long, but I think they're worth it. All right. Near the movie's beginning, Maverick asks a young woman wearing the bowler hat at the poker table who claims to be a gunfighter. Oh, the young – what? The young man. <laughs> this is uh, Johnny Harden. Uh, turns out the real John Wesley Harden was a notorious fast, volatile, and deadly gunfighter in the Old West who shot and killed yeah. more than 40 men before being shot in the back of the head by a man he hired to kill someone else. All right. Interesting. Yeah. In the stagecoach sequence, stuntman Mick Rogers, who was Mel Gibson's character, he, he was a stunt double for Mel Gibson, had to go under the coach and set up at the back. This is a direct <laughs> nod to the legendary stuntman Yakima Knut's similar stunt in Stagecoach from 1939. By coincidence, second unit director Terry Leonard, a former stuntman himself, performed this same stunt in the truck chase in Raiders of the Lost Ark from 1981. In Draw from 1984, the same stagecoach sequence can be seen in the early part of the movie. Interesting. Uh, Annabelle. So it's kind of like a nod to all those different types of movies? Or did they think, hey, with stagecoach scene, blah, 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 we can have a lot of back and forth, a lot of... Slapstick comedy, and we can do this scene. <laughs> yes, to so all your questions. Uh, Annabelle <laughs> keeps calling Brett Bert. This is a reference to an episode on the television series in which a girlfriend of Brett keeps calling him Bert. So that's a nod to the original Maverick series. That's awesome. 
Uh, Mel Gibson and Jodie Foster became close friends after the making of this film. She was also considered to play Gibson's love interest again in Conspiracy Theory in 97. Great movie. I think we did it on spoilers. It's possible we did. If not, that's a good one to do on spoilers. It also has uh, Patrick Stewart. But she turned down the role to make Contact in 97. Also, I think, decent movie. Anyway, the role went to Julia Roberts instead. Uh, both Mel and Jody still love to play poker. They work together again on The Beaver from 2011. That's the movie I was talking about. Mel Gibson's, I think, his first movie coming back from all the... Um, uh, Crazy. Sugar tits nonsense, yeah. This film is loaded with cameos, last bit of trivia, fam- with famous country singers. We have Carlene Carter. She played a waitress on the riverboat. Hal Ketchum, he was one of the bank robbers. Vince yep. Gill, spectator at the poker game. Clint Black, a gambler who gets thrown off the boat for cheating. Also, Waylon Jennings and Kathy Matea. They were the two people that got thrown off for having guns on the riverboat. Yep. I recognize two of those names. Yeah, Clint Black actually did a couple songs of the uh, the uh, the screen the the, what the soundtrack. The soundtrack. Okay, all right. He, he, a couple of his songs were on the soundtrack. All right, all right. Money makes the world go round. Let's put this film into perspective with other films that were released this year, so we get a feel financially how it held up to its peers. The budget for this film. $75 million. Oh, wow. What do you think the worldwide gross of this movie was? Ooh. Okay. $75 million. Right? That is an estimation by IMDb, by the way. We're going to go $360 million. Oh, 360 All right. 360. I will go. I, I went with that because you said money makes the world go round at 360. Oh, oh I see. Okay. There's science there. Um, science? <laughs> I'm actually going to bid lower for this one. Oh. How much lower? 200. 200. All right. In the U.S., this gross $101.6 million. The foreign box office, it grossed. 800 – oh, wait. Sorry. $81.4 million. I just want to see my show panic for a second. The total worldwide gross is $183 million. So Yes. You guys should tie it again. I think uh, Maestro, when he leaned over, he was looking it up. Oh, that, nope. is that, is that <laughs> oh no. He was, this is what I've been looking at. He was, he was looking at Kai. Was, I, I told you he was looking up at pussy. Okay. <laughs> Cat, cat, cat. Kai's the cat. All right. This film debuted on May 20th, 1994 with $17.2 million. This was the 11th highest grossing film of 1994. 1994. You want to take a guess at number one in 1994? Oh, because Jurassic Park was 93, right? Uh, it's possible. Oh, okay. Mm. Oh, I guess that's the hint. It's not Jurassic Park. <laughs> Mm. Uh, I want to hear your answers so bad. I just, um, I just can't wait to hear your answers. Can't hardly wait. No, I just can't wait. It just can't wait. Oh God, it's Lion King, you bastards! 
I just can't wait to what? be king is the joke I was going for. The Lion King is number one in 1992. You suck at jokes, dude. What, do you think you're a comedian or what? <laughs> Seriously. Did you just pose as like the surfer, like a surfer? And then like this if, if you were going to give us a hint, you could have been like, I just can't wait to hear your answer. Okay, all right. But that was too on the nose. I don't want to be too on the nose. Yeah, to- but the way you say it, it's like you're doing an impression of Hollywood. <laughs> All right, that was it's 1994's <laughs> Maverick, directed by Richard Donner. <laughs> Check out our website, ratpackpodcast.com slash spoilers. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at Spoilers Show. Check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Rat Pack Productions. Write to us via email, spoilers at ratpack.productions for any questions, opinions, and movie requests. Please wait in the feed of the show on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you have your podcast ratings. If you leave us a review and a recommendation, that movie will go to the top of our list and we'll watch it before any of the movie. Next week, there is no film chosen yet. <gasps> I had an idea. Because we're all under this quarantine and having uh, – struggling. We're struggling through the quarantine. Perhaps, like this movie, we choose good movies to review. What? Instead of the horrible, shitty movies like The Gates or Critters or uh, other movies. Speak for yourself, Captain. Off the top of my head, those are the first two that came to mind. Uh, or, okay, uh, Crystal Skull or uh, Zombie. The Dark Crystal. <laughs> oh, whatever. Oh, also Crystal Skull, though. That's bad as well. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we choose a good movie to uh, to do. To uh, this this was fun doing a good movie. We're all like, yeah, this is good times. Maybe next week we'll do another good movie. We'll talk about it off the air and pick a good movie for you guys for next week. So it'll be surprise. Yeah, it will be a surprise. Hollywood, thank you so much for chiming in, giving us uh, your feedback on the movie. Miss you, Hollywood. Miss you. So we much. miss you. Yes. And uh, until next time, I'm Adam. I'm Cowboy. And I'm sorry.